The following podcast contains alcohol-enhanced conversations about alcohol, as well as the potential for the discussion about topics of dubious, disturbing, possibly offensive, but usually hilarious interest. The opinions stated herein are solely of the persons making them, and any endorsement of these opinions by any other party is not implied. Foul language is likely, but intolerant viewpoints are not. Listener intoxication is advised. Hello and welcome to episode 60 of the Neat Glass Sponsored Whiskey Tangent Podcast. I'm Scott. I'm Ed. And today on our 12th whiskey cocktail episode, we're going to be exploring ones that break the long-established rules of mixology in one way or another, everything from using additional base spirits, too much bitters, and liqueurs made from strange vegetables. In other words, we're going rogue. Uh, joining us on this excursion into the kind of crazy side of whiskey concoctions, our good friends from the lounge back again in studio for the first time in over a year. First, the whiskey power couple, Rachel. Hi. And Marty. Hey, how you doing? And the person without whom no cocktail episode is truly complete, Anders, the master mixologist. 10,000 years <laughs> will give you such a crick in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> and so Ed, as he is contractually obligated to do, will start us off by listing the three nonconformist cocktails with which we'll be crushing classic cocktail conventions tonight. Yes, thanks, Scott. First of all, cannot believe how long it took to get Anders back in the studio. Yeah. He hasn't been an episode since January. Yeah, 50. At the lounge, though. Yeah. 10 episodes. Missed the whiskey madness. Yeah. Scheduling conflict. He is doing what, he, you know, the secret mission with NASA we talked about. Right, we and, talked about all that. Yeah. And then, but he can't talk about it. Right, traveling <laughs> the world, searching for the perfect vermouth, which we had already done, so we don't know what that was about. <laughs> Back on the episode for When You Have Removed for Matters with Marty and Rachel. Right. So today, as we delve into rogue cocktails, uh, we're going to have three rounds, as we tend to do. Uh, do you want me to list all three, Scott? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So for round one, list we're going to do something called the Fatigue. Mm-hmm. It's going to have Tennessee whiskey, cherry liqueur, and Peshaw's bitters. For round two, the Teenage Riot. Teenage Riot. Open up a bottle of beer. Open up a bottle of beer. Teenage Riot. Drink till you can't see clear. <laughs> It's a teenage riot! Oh, man. <laughs> For the crickets, just <laughs> yeah, yeah, crickets and go. So the uh, teenage riot comes with a rye, a uh, chinar liqueur. Right. Uh, which is... The strange vegetable right. I mentioned in the intro. We'll keep it as a mystery, but it's a very strange based uh, <laughs> liqueur. Yeah. Uh, a dry vermouth, a dry sherry, and orange bitters. As in, Ed, aren't you bitter with life? And like, yes. God. So round, round three will be That's terrible. The, you're terrible. Um, <laughs> as is life. Um, except today, because we have good friends and good drinks. That's true. Round three, the burned popcorn will have bourbon and rum, mm. right? Yeah. Demerara syrup. 
right? <laughs> Even when I say it right, I think it's wrong. <laughs> Agostura bitters and orange bitters combined for a very interesting concoction. Yes, yes. So three rounds, three cocktails, and uh, getting ready to do the fatigue. But go ahead, Scott. Tell us your glib little intro you always have. Yeah, so <laughs> glib. Entertain us. <laughs> Entertain us, monkey. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason for this was I came upon a book of cocktails just mentioned uh, online in something else that I happened to be researching. And it sort of caused the more recent cocktail explosion in the United States. And so I have a little bit of history about that and then i want to get anders take mm. as well as what the regular rules are that we're going to be breaking tonight right. it wasn't really quite yeah. a book though scott uh-huh. it wasn't quite a book wasn't scott and i book. We were hiking down in central america and uh in the uh, <laughs> excavated city of Tikal by the mayans and we'd wow climb the 187 foot tower of the jaguar and uh <laughs> up into this in the sacrificial room at the top there was a little secret compartment, and if you uh, maneuvered it, it opened up another set of stairs, and we climbed down into secret compartment, and there were some scrolls, and on those scrolls <laughs> were these three cocktails, under different names, of course. We don't know the exact hieroglyphics that they had there. You don't speak Nahuatl? I don't speak it, no, <laughs> not, and I believe this was part of the Mayan hieroglyphics that were destroyed by the mean Spanish conquistadors who burned all the codex. Well, I, I wish that was true because that's much more interesting than... The, oh, that's <laughs> what, what happened. That's not what happened? Uh, in actuality, the scrolls were a stone tablet in Tenochtitlan at the Temple of Quetzalcoatl. Oh, there we go. Wow. Right. wow. One of those three things, either a book he came across or it was in Central America at the Mayan Temple or wherever the hell Anders was. But all these... Artifacts have been brought together to give us these three special cocktails today. Right. So, um, so ignoring all of that, <laughs> the, the actual you story can. from a Vine Pair article entitled Rogue Cocktails, the Revolutionary Recipe Book that Ushered Cocktail Creation into a New Era. Over the past 20 years, hundreds of cocktail books have been published, mm. marking what is probably the greatest literary output on the subject in the history of mixed drinks. But only some can claim the mantle of influential, including Dale DeGroff's The Craft of Cocktail, cocktail. Gary Regan's The Joy of Mixology, and Sasha Petrasky's Regarding Cocktails. But when you compare the size and distribution of these books with their ultimate impact, the slim tome titled Rogue Cocktails and its sequel, Beta Cocktails, have to be ranked as equal contenders. The twin volumes, one black and one white, and both looking like manuals that come with an appliance, were the impassioned work of two fed-up New Orleans mixologists. Containing just 50 drinks from 20 bartenders, the book served up ideas that were, at the time, both radical and a bit odd. The authors, Kirk Estepinal and Maxim Pazuniak, worked at Cure, the first significant craft cocktail bar in New Orleans, which opened in 2009. And for a couple of upstarts working at an upstart joint, they were pretty disgusted with the cocktail status quo. Said Kirk, we were looking to get inspired because basically everybody stole Dale DeGroff's book and reprinted it, which in itself was a compilation of old recipes that had been in books before. And so, on a sleepy Tuesday night shift at Cure, the two men passed the time bandying new drink ideas back and forth when Kirk remembered one he had discovered just a few years earlier while working at the Violet Hour in Chicago. Called the Angostura Sour, the drink calls for an ounce and a half of Angostura bitters, the pungent potion typically used only in dashes. Kirk made it for Max and blew his friend's mind. It kicked off all these ideas in my head. Max remembers, I mean, if we can make a cocktail with that much Ango, we can do anything. And the duo did do anything. First, they took the template for the Violet Hour's Pims Cup, replaced the Pims with Peshods, and created the gunshot Fizz, which then planted a desire to publish a new cocktail book 
book that would shake up the industry. But to do that, they needed more cocktails. So they sent their gunshot fizz recipe to the like-minded bartender friends asking for similar dogma-busting drinks in return. And the recipes flowed in. Some were Chicago cocktails Kirk already knew about but felt like a good fit with their ethos, including the art of choke, containing rum and chinar, an Italian liqueur made from artichokes, which despite employing lime juice is stirred, not shaken. Mm. Chinar, in fact, is used in 13 of the cocktails in both books with other oft-used ingredients including Herb Saint, Punta Mes, Chartreuse, and Mezcal. Eager to get their ideas out to the public as quickly as possible, the duo self-published and self-distributed only 420 copies of their booklet, primarily handing them out to friends and colleagues during a cocktail convention in 2009. And from there, it gained a cult-like status. In fact, after a cease and desist letter from Rogue Spirits put an end to further printings of the original book, it only served to burnish its underground reputation and prompted the second slightly revised book containing a few more recipes. Written primarily for bartenders, the two books ended up changing cocktail culture forever. Because it wasn't just a list of recipes they published, it was a revelatory and revolutionary new theory of cocktail creation, prompting a new wave of weird cocktails to take their proper place on menus nationwide. So Anders, that whole story, had you heard of Rogue Cocktails, and was it 2009 about when you started getting into bartending? About. About. Slightly after. Okay. I want to say around 2011 is when I started. Okay. Um, So this might have already sort of been going on. It definitely was, and a lot of the books that you mentioned are actually at the lounge because I refer to them pretty frequently. Mm. Yeah. Before or after work when I'm coming up with ideas. They're good references, and they're beautiful books. Yeah. Um, A lot of those concepts are really helpful, but at the same time, a lot of them rhyme. And I found in kind of creating my own recipes and way of doing things Mm -hmm. that you'd like kind of cross-reference things. It's like having a couple of cookbooks. All right, this person tends to go a little bit lighter in how much citrus they use. This person tends to favor more herbal elements and like Amaro instead of using citrus. Like where do I kind of like taste sore? Yeah. Marty, when did you first make cocktails? You know, I was just thinking about that and I was trying to think of any books or anything that I used way back when. I'm thinking probably 85, 86 Mm. is when I started. And, you know, of course, we always had that little bartender's guide booklet. Yeah, Um, my parents had that like Rolodex thing they would click through and they would have all... That's a good book, actually. Like all the standard ones. But what I really remember is Rogue is totally different way back then, but Peach Schnapps came out. Oh, now oh, there's shit. 20 peach snop drinks, right? Mm-hmm. And nobody knew how to make them because mm-hmm. where did they come from? Right. And there was stuff flying around that bartenders had to, you know, use and learn how to make. I mean, easy stuff, but, you know, still new stuff, right? Yeah. So, so it kind of reminds me of that on a, on a lower level. I remember Mr. Boston. That was, yeah. that was yes, a big yes. uh, recipe book. Yep. Still around. Still around, yeah. Guess who owns Mr. Boston? Kapari. Uh, think more vampiric. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Poorly bad. <laughs> Really bad. <laughs> so, like, um, when I think of uh, traditional cocktails, mm-hmm. like the Manhattan and the Old Fashioned, and, and what people think of as whiskey cocktails, it's basically what you have: your whiskey, you have a sour, a sweet, and a bitter, mm, sort of. So, usually, you would take a sweet and then either a sour or a bitter. Okay, and it depends. So, Amaro, like you kind of mentioned, with like the Chinar, or you know, Averna, like in a Black Manhattan, yeah. you're going to use a little bit more volume, mm-hmm. but sometimes you use something concentrated, like bitters, where you use less of it. Right. So in the fatigue, we're breaking that rule. We are breaking the rule with the fatigue. And that's our first drink. Round one. Round one. 
So the fatigue, I made it because there's really no craft to this. It's equal parts of the three ingredients that we have. So it's an ounce of Tennessee whiskey. Jack Daniels was not mentioned, so I didn't use Jack Daniels. Instead, I'm going to use the Elvis Tennessee whiskey that we have. It's sourced from... Somewhere in Tennessee. I don't know exactly where. I can't remember. Right. Uh, go back and to listen to that episode if you want to find out, because <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> an ounce of maraschino liqueur and an ounce, a full ounce, of Peychaud's bitters. Wow. Yeah. So the rules that this is breaking is bitters, you know, only used in dashes. We're using a full ounce per drink. And this was actually shaken, not stirred. Oh, that's fun. And so, Anders, describe why people <sighs> might want to shake a drink versus not shaking it. Okay. So, generally, you want to shake things with juice and stir things that do not have any juice. So lemon, lime, orange juice, any other kind of juice that you might put into your cocktails, you're going to want to shake that. The reason why is because in addition to chilling and diluting a cocktail, shaking also adds a significant amount of air. Right. And those little air bubbles that you naturally get, which you'll notice more with something like a pineapple juice, Mm -hmm. like if you're making a tiki drink, Mm -hmm. those help the juice taste better. And you also get a little bit more dilution generally. Mm -hmm. You're going to stir things without juice because you want a little bit more control. You don't need that air element and you can control the amount of dilution and cold that you get in. All right, cool. I'm already saying a half ounce of bitters would have been the way to go on this. Before I even, <laughs> already, try, it, before I even try it, it already sounds terrible. You yeah. love Campari, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it smells great. I like licorice. It does yeah, like Peychaud's has a yeah. big yeah. anise component, right? It does, yeah. yeah. I guess if you use an ounce of it, yeah. Yeah, well, right. I really like the I mean, smell of it. Peychaud would love this drink to take off mm. so they could sell more than like one bottle a year to everybody. Yeah, oh, man. Oh, wow. That's nice. It comes in waves almost. Mm-hmm. This does kind of taste a bit like a Boulevardier yeah, uh, because yeah. it has the sweet to the bitter, but it has it's not that, as bitter. It's, it's not as bitter. It's not as yeah. bitter as Campari. No. And it has a that cherry component is really loud in the middle of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could do a splash more whiskey on this, but I don't hate this. Yeah. No. It's, I mean, what? doesn't oh, it, the, the, the bitterness it, ends. It doesn't continue on. Yes. Like a Campari does. Yeah, agreed. That's what happens. It, it all sort of just ends abruptly yeah, it together. Ends, it ends with the sweet, the cherry liqueur. So sweet. So sweet. So what was the ratio? It was one to one to one. Which cherry Equal parts of each. I used uh, Luxardo. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, maraschino. Yeah. Awesome. This is good. This is the way to go. You could always add more whiskey to kind of like widen the base, but yeah, you don't have to. I think the medicinal quality mm-hmm. of the Luxardo kind of helps support it a lot. Yeah. And the sweetness works really well with the whiskey and that like kind of floral tartness. Yeah. It's very complex. With the bitters. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious. What's the uh, alcohol content on the bitters? Because I know those usually tend to be pretty high. Oh, that's, and a, and I'm that's a good a, question. I'm thinking an ounce and an ounce and an ounce. Jeez. Um, Don't worry about on, it. Booze on booze. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but, but uh, 70 proof. Okay, yeah. Yeah, 70 okay. proof. Okay, and then, not so bad. And then the whiskey. It's about 90. Close yeah, enough. 90s, right? And then the maraschino liqueur also has a proof, but it's pretty low. I think that's probably around like Yeah, that's around proof. Like, yeah. I'm liking this. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of some 70. kind of, um, you know, of course, when we say Boulevardier, I'm thinking, you know, do we need a twist or something? But then mm-hmm. it has like a licorice, cherry, I don't know, vibe to it. Oh, yeah. actually, I don't this, know was what go gar- this was actually supposed to be garnished with a lemon peel. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> actually, what I'm sort of was thinking about. Yeah, maybe I'll just shave off a little bit and then spritz that in there see what happens if i could do a change i think i would go with a different tennessee whiskey Uh, yeah Uh, whiskey was kind of mild yeah i think like uncle nearest would be really good in this Ooh, which one though 
So it's not the boozier of the two, but the 1884 has this really cool kind of honeysuckle note that I always get that I think would work really well with the bitters. Mm-hmm. I'd want to try that. And I'd try the other one too. Just uh, I'm Oh, wow. Excited. Like, and this is incredible how much just a spritz of the lemon peel added yeah, to lot. this drink because the, what's missing is a little bit of citrus. A yeah. little brightness. It yeah. Just like, because you just spritzed it. Yeah. It was kind of in the air. Without it, it felt a little bit... I'm going to be a little contrarian. It felt mm. a little bit like a cherry cough drop. Yeah. Like that, okay. that was the no. flavor that stuck with me. No, that, I felt like fair. this brightened it up uh-huh. so, okay. a more. Yeah. How did you like it overall, Rachel? I did like it. Yeah. So I wasn't trying to diss it with a cherry No, sure. Cough no, no. no it's a tasting all- note. Um, <laughs> not <laughs> a diss on the bartender. Right. Um, <laughs> no, I enjoyed it, but I enjoy the bitter, right? So the Boulevardier, Campari. Right. All, so you would add so, a little more bitters then? Well, <laughs> no. No. Okay. <laughs> no. But the brightness, I think having the brightness. And sure. I if a mm. different whiskey, like Andre said, that might have had a different, different yeah, flavor I, note. Yeah. This yeah. whiskey is very nondescript for a Tennessee whiskey. Mm. Uh, so I just happened to have it. To it. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I wonder maybe a Jack Daniels, what that would do with it, because yeah. that has like a banana note. I don't yeah. know if that would interfere or not. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it doesn't scream Jack Daniels to me, unless you go for something upgraded, like maybe the Bonded or something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm. This all is right. like a whiskey drink for people who like gin. Interesting. Oh. It's like got a Negroni feel to it. Because it has yeah. all those herbal notes in there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, good. This is my it's gateway a- back to gin then is what you're saying. <laughs> Especially as it disappears down your throat. Yeah. And what's left <laughs> What's left like on the back of your tongue is like you breathe out. It's like almost you had a gin. Yeah. yeah. It's much better than I expected. It's really a, a nice combination of flavors. The cherry will be so sweet, but it gets completely neutralized by an ounce of bitters. Yeah. It is a surprising drink. So what do we got? Everybody Yay, nay, where are we at? Anybody hate it? I think it's pretty good. No. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd, really I'd make it. it again. I think if you were really full, something like this, and I know oh, people, people yeah. do, yeah. yeah, people do bitters if yeah. they're feeling a little bit, yeah, yeah. You know, I see what you're after, saying, right? Yeah, so right. Yeah, I feel yeah. like this has that well, kind of uh, digestive, bitters. All right. Well, we're gonna uh, take a break. Yeah, we'll and come back with the teenage riot. Teenage Two. All right, we're back from making the second drink, the Teenage Riot. We've been eating some uh, apple roses, which Rachel brought, which are just delicious, like little mini apple pies. Right. She, she did it because we were doing rogue cocktails, so she did rose dessert. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> right, so Scott's going to tell us a little bit about the main surprise ingredient here, the Chinar. Yes, and the Teenage Riot that Anders made right. for us. Uh, but before we get to the drink that he made, we're going to try a little bit of the Chinar by itself because I have never had it. And we've seen it on the shelves. We were talking uh, during the break and we all thought it kind of might have been a, like a vermouth or something. Right, it's a green glass bottle with red label, bright red label. Yeah. It, there is an artichoke right? on yeah. it. It's yeah. an artichoke yeah. on right. the bottle. Yeah. So surprise, it's an artichoke liqueur. Oh my it's, God. <laughs> it's right there. I thought it was grapes. I never put it together. I know. I it never is, did it's either. It's an artichoke. Holy cow. Yeah. It could even be like an agave thing. Like, oh, we made this vermouth out of agave. But no, it's an artichoke. Next white yeah. elephant at work. There you go. I'm doing Chinar. it. Oh, I'm God. doing it. That's a good one. It's only 33 proof, so it's very low proof. Yeah. All right. So this is an Italian bitter aperitif made from 13 herbs and plants, predominantly artichoke, after whose scientific name, Chinara scolimus, the drink is branded. Dark brown with bitter sweet flavor. Its strength is 16.5 ABV. 
Europeans often mix it with orange juice. Argentinians mix it with grapefruit soda. And Brazilians mix it with cachaça and sweet vermouth to make rabo de gallo, which literally means tail of rooster in Portuguese. It was launched in Italy in 1952, but since 1995 has been manufactured and distributed by the Campari Group. Yeah, they've been doing a lot recently. Yeah. We have these in our neat glasses. And once again, the serious drinkers out there, which is anyone who drinks whiskey, by the way, that's you. <laughs> that's you. Um, if you don't own at least two neat glasses, I think you should have six, but if you at least two neat <laughs> glasses, then please go to neatglass.com and uh, order yourself a set. And if you put in whiskey tan with your first order as a code, you'll get 10% off of Scott and me and the gang at Neat Glass. Boom. Uh, what does this smell like to you? This smells so familiar to yeah, me. It's, it's really like familiar. Campari. Yeah. Campari. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was missing. Mm-hmm. But not citrusy. Not citrusy, but the herbal. Yeah. Yeah. It has the herbal undertones of Campari, which is probably why the Campari group was like, yeah, come on board because yeah. you're, you're just like us. Join us. I mean, obviously, Andres has had this before. Uh, he was just telling a story off the oh, air where God. he worked at a bar where they had to take like a quarter ounce of everything. The quarter pour challenge. Yeah. So I worked at a bar where tradition dictated that on your last day of working at the bar that had a well of like 60, 70 things, you would have to have a quarter ounce of everything in the well <laughs> over the course of your like 13 hour day for your last shift. So starting with simple syrup, Demerara simple syrup, lemon juice. <laughs> oh my God. Lime juice. Sweet vermouth, other sweet vermouth, dry vermouth. And then you'd go to the actual bottle. So it's Mm -hmm. like triple sec, Cointreau. (laughs) Oh my God. And at the very end of this well, for fancy expensive drinks that we didn't really use, El Dorado 15, Mm. Akintosh 15, things like that, culminating that if you were able to drink around like 13 ounces of Mm. stuff, liquid. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, over the course of 13 hour shift, you would be treated to a quarter ounce of uh, Pappy 23. Mm. As a final send off. Wow. I saw lives destroyed this way. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh. This was the first time I had a, a Chinar taste the same. Yeah. yeah well, to me, Chinar's taste buds are there to be ruined by this thing. <laughs> it is really sweet in the beginning. For like a split second, it's like you have like burnt sugar on your syrup, tongue, syrup. And, mm. and then evil comes. <laughs> yeah. form, it's like then Kapari comes and and that's what it tastes like. It tastes like Campari to me. This actually doesn't taste as bitter as Campari is. Because Campari tastes much more bitter than this. But yeah, it's the I same. Can, I can't believe it. It's so terrible. <laughs> it's the same thing. Well, it's see, strict. if you like bitter, you can get it. But you don't like it. So you, it's awful squared for you. Uh, 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 <laughs> this, by its, this by itself is, is, it's okay. But this tastes like it would be great in a In drink. a cocktail, yeah. Right. So, so People drink it with Coke, too. Oh, do they? Yeah. Yeah. The lowest mixed drink ever, like a 33% liqueur and Coke. Yeah. Have fun drinking that for 10 hours before you feel a buzz. Stupid ass Italian drinkers. Random belligerents. Slightly racist edition. Hater. <laughs> You're just a hater. I'm trying to figure out what this, the front end is sweet, sweet. Yeah. Right? And yeah. it sticks syrup, around syrup. well past the bitterness when I swallow it. It's really strange. I'm, and I can't. You put can my still taste on it. some of the sweetness there. Yeah, it just but, sticks in the front of my mouth. Uh, yeah, it's very dry, yeah, it's, too. It's a nightmare. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> so the drink Teenage Riot. Yeah, the drink Teenage Riot. An ounce and a half of Rittenhouse Rye, an ounce and a half of Chinar. A half ounce of Dolan dry vermouth, a half an ounce of the Lostal dry Amontillado, and two dashes of orange bitters. So this is the exact recipe with a twist of lemon from the book Rogue Cocktails. The Teenage Riot. There's not a whole lot on the nose. It's slightly sweet. Mm. Interestingly so. Hmm. 
Wow. So this does one of my favorite things in cocktails. Often you want to use ingredients that work cohesively. That's yeah. the rule. However, if you want to go rogue, yeah, like that. <laughs> sometimes you can use ingredients that fight each other. Uh, they don't make sense together. Uh-huh. And because they're such strong flavors, mm-hmm. they kind of support each other. Mm. Uh, which are the ones that are fighting for you? Um, everything, really. <laughs> <laughs> the entire... Well, maybe that's why it's called Teenage Riot. Because well, so, everything's fighting against each yeah. other. Yeah. Part of the interesting element to this is that the rule that you're breaking is there's no inherently sweet element. The chinar is yeah. uh, like mm. a digestif in Namaro. It's supposed to be your bitter element. The dry vermouth is supposed to essentially be your bitter element. Yeah. Your dry sherry is supposed to be your like bitter sour element. Your orange bitters is supposed to be your bitter citrusy element. bitter element. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's everything is doing that, but because of what they chose to the degree and the balance of it, uh-huh. it's almost like you have a subtle sweet element to all four of those. Yeah. They're adding it up so that I there's see. just enough sweetness to balance the drink, even though you're using all bitter elements. It's amazing because there is a burst of sweetness, similar to how the Chinar is. Yeah. yeah. Initially, we take a sip. It's like, oh, it's sweet. And then it's like... Mm, all these other bitter. strange bitter flavors. And it fires like bitter, 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 bitter. And then it just kind of finishes. Yeah. I mean, you're right that there's no sweet in this. I mean, it's a rye, first of all. Yeah. The base of the spirit mm-hmm. is rye. Well, actually, it's kind of split between the rye and the chinar. Yeah. It's so like it's a split-based so cocktail. Much, it's so much chinar. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess that's another rule break, right? Using that much of- Chinar, yeah. yeah. And two fortified wines in the same drink. Is yeah. that- Yeah. That, that's another rule and break. And one's this, herbal, one is sour. Yeah. And yeah. the bitters is citrusy. So what are we tasting? Like I'm tasting this and it kind of tastes oddly a little bland in the middle. Like it's sweet immediately and then you get a lot of the bitter stuff and then it kind of just disappears and then there's a nicer bitter finish. You know what it reminds me of? Mm. Drinking sweet vermouth on the rocks. Yeah. It yeah. kind of does taste yeah. like that. In a way. if All by itself. If it's like a maybe cokey or something with a real. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, a bitter. Almost like a grapefruit funky under. Yeah. yeah not taste. the Carpana, but definitely the cokey yeah. is reminiscent yeah, of that. Because the Carpana is not as bitter as this. Yeah. yeah. If I had a suggestion, I'd hit it with a shot of seltzer. Yeah. Oh, oh interesting. Mm, yeah. Just a, and, and lighten the sweetness, and lighten the bitter up a little bit, and a little more citrus. Give it a little bit of effervescence. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, the more I drink it, the more I like it because the more the sweetness comes out. Yeah. Because I think also, since we tasted the Chernar right in front of it, that might have been affecting our palate immediately because mm. I wasn't really getting a lot, but I'm getting more on it now that I'm drinking more of it. I, and I'm, it's a good thing it's as a four ounce cocktail. Here's a question Which you like better, the first or the second so far? I like the first one better. I like the first one better Just, too, a little bit. Yeah. Well, a lot of it for me. This is way more bitter on the finish than the first I, but one. But I don't hate this exactly. uh, because huh. I like the bitterness of I it. I see what it's doing. I don't yeah. like it. I don't like it, but I'm not hating on it. Rachel, you like bitter stuff. Do you like this? I like this. I like the first one better. Okay. But exactly what Marty said, I would have this with some soda and, and maybe half an orange, right? Yeah. But then I was like, well, then it's mm. a Campari spritzer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I like this more. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Which is unlike my palate. Yeah. You you do like more sweeter candy note kind of stuff. Yeah. But this has like a richness to it. That's true. And I really like the layers to it. It's almost like every element structured so that it takes you through an evolution where you always have the sweetness of each individual ingredient hit you at that point. Yeah. I enjoy it for the taste in and of itself, but also I really appreciate the artistry of this drink. It's really good. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like the first one was a rogue cocktail that despite how much bitter 
Cheers was in it actually ended up being really balanced, where this one is a definitely a rogue cocktail, really breaking all the rules, and it shouldn't be good at all, frankly. Yeah. And it's, again, better than you think it's going yeah, to that's be. that's true. That's true. Because yep. of that. Yep. If uh, anyone likes the Boulevard, it would at least enjoy, yeah. enjoy aspects of this. And like I'm saying, I think I'm coming around to Anders now. That I'm drinking more and more. It's becoming uh, quite nice. Oh, you're such a trend puppy. <laughs> I, th- I think, I, think uh, I just think it's overly bitter at the end. I, I can't get it, over that. It's yeah. still in my throat. I just, I mean, that's mm. how I am with every Campari. Mm-hmm. Every Boulevard I've ever had, I feel the same way. Yeah, this is not for someone who likes their old fashions. <laughs> no. yeah, but if a bar wanted to do a twist on it, call it like a Boulevardier riot and like let people kind of know what they're dealing with, because mm. Teenage Riot, they might not order. But if they're like a Boulevardier oh, riot, you're I, like, oh, what's that? Well, it's like a Boulevardier, but instead of the Campari, right. we use Chenar and a dry sherry. I think it'd be a way to, for a local bar to suck people into trying this drink. Yeah. Because I don't think they would try a Teenage Riot when yeah. they're looking for a Boulevard. Yeah. No, I, I got you. Like, just change the name up a little bit to yeah, make it and make sound you, like something that they already know. more interesting and yeah. just make you look like you're doing some stuff, which I think all <laughs> bars try to do. Did anyone taste artichoke in the Chinar? Like, <laughs> no. No, no. Not at all. No. I, no. I didn't really get a vegetal note there. I, I got I, the herbaceousness, but yeah. I did not get yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean, I've had an artichoke dip, I think. That's like the last baked I, grew, I grew it in my garden but nothing like this you grow wait what you grew artichokes in your garden who oh, grows yeah. artichokes oh. in your garden well Rachel does I've never <laughs> been a, apparently I've never met anybody walking around the street that goes oh yeah I grow my own artichokes the flowers are beautiful <laughs> are they oh yeah oh, but then that. you can't eat it if you let it flower oh, oh interesting you have yeah. to cut it before it flowers yeah huh learn something look, new look, every sorry. day look, yeah horticulture way off topic way off topic <laughs> well it's a horticulture <laughs> tangent wow yeah. Where do we go with that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Anders, so Chinar, what is the most popular drink you make with Chinar? Or what is the most popular drink out there that's made with Chinar, you think? Like- Chinar and Coke and like Fernet and Coke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are yeah, yeah. like the two. But Chinar is one of those things where I see it more on craft cocktail menus than I know an iconic drink with it. Okay. Yeah. Like a wrinkle. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, a, like, mm-hmm. the, like people yeah. know. Yeah. So it really is just within the past like decade or so that, that Chinar became like popular. Starting yeah. using it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I've worked all- at bars with Chinar in the menu. I've sat at bars with Chinar in the menu. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's used. But it's hipsterish in a way. But I would okay. say it's like um, uh, yeah. a step away from like a drambuie. What causes you to go? I'm going to take an artichoke, amigo. I don't know, right? Who ate the first lobster? These are right, hungry. But, these are hungry but, people, but, and, no, and but, people looking to get drunk. If it's Italian, you got all these great things to make your your yeah. stuff from, and uh, yeah. let's use the artichoke. Yeah, well, someone has like my mom grows artichokes, so I'm just going to ferment yeah, these overnight yeah. and see what I can get with it. Yeah, that's, yeah that's experimentation, starts, right? I guess, right? Yeah. Mushrooms, another thing. This mushrooms, yeah, yeah. This mushroom tastes. Tastes like beef. This mushroom makes me see God. This mushroom killed Peter. <laughs> I mean, you know, people are really into doing like mushroom infusions in their cocktails now. Uh, oh, the whole, really? the whole mushroom instead of coffee thing. If I have to see one more advertisement for that, I'm going to jump out a window. Shaga. You know why I gave up my coffee for mushrooms? Why don't you all just kill yourself right now? <laughs> oh, Take the mushrooms, shove up your ass and up your nose, and shut the hell up. Random belligerence. Mushroom coffee edition. Wow. Like, why can't we have both? Why wow. can't we have coffee and mushrooms? He's like this drink, bitter. Yeah, he's very bitter. He is, <laughs> he's got a sweet start, but he finishes yeah, bitter. He does, he does. <laughs> I just went Kapari all over him. Ed's a teenage riot. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, round three cocktail is called the Burned Popcorn. Okay. This will be an interesting one. All right, we're going to go uh, wash our glasses, and we'll be right back with the third round. 
Round three. Hey everybody, we're back for our third cocktail, and uh, Ed's going to tell us about it. Yeah, thanks, Rachel. It's the burned popcorn is the name of this one. Um, ingredients are interesting: bourbon, rum, demerara, ra 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 I love Lady Gaga. Lady I love, Gaga. Lady I love Gaga. the bourbon. You know I love rum. Mm. And come and drink it and we'll get you drunk. We'll get you drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get, get you drunk. drunk. All right. So <laughs> Angostura bitters and orange bitters. This reminds me with the bourbon and the rum, Scott. Yes. Of that interesting bottle of um, Hercules McKellum. What was it? McKellum. Oh, Hercules um, Mulligan. Yeah, that's Her- it. Yeah, Hercules Mulligan. You which mean is, the founding father? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a Taylor and spy. A rye whiskey <laughs> with rum mixed in it and some uh, ginger. ginger and some bitters, I thought. Yes. Kind of like a bottled cocktail, but I don't yeah. think they originally meant that. No, but it kind of really was. It was really good. Still have a splash in the back of my fridge. Yeah. So for me. this mm. is the burned popcorn. As Ed said, it has bourbon. It, we used uh, a Buffalo Trace bourbon with the recipe calls for an ounce and a half. A quarter ounce of aged rum. Did you use the El Dorado or what? El Dorado 15 years. Nice. That's mm. what the recipe calls for. And uh, Anders comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice because I get to go home with a bottle. Nice. <laughs> an eighth of an ounce of Demerara syrup. Mm. A dash each of Angostura and orange bitters. Nice. Hmm. Oh, also, we lit a match and held it over the glass, and Anders expressed a orange peel onto it, so it kind of spritzed orange and then burned it into the glass. So it's like a burnt orange finish. So we got mm-hmm. fire. Mm-hmm. Fire! I actually have... Uh, I'll teach you to burn. I've bottled a method for doing burnt orange oil. Oh. I use, um, use fire a lot. Yes, actually. Yeah. So, wait. I might want to edit this out, or I could take a shot at Gabe. Oh, go ahead. Take yeah, a shot take at Gabe. Shot. We'll decide. Gabe, we'll you're a great in. man. I have a lot of respect for you. Mm. I don't know why Ed is so mean. <laughs> um, and ever since and yet. we did Cocktail Combat, I've been thinking, mm. how do I get more orange into my old fashions without adding more orange into my old fashions? <laughs> He, he and so stuffed it with orange, yes. I have meditated on the highest mountain. Yes. You, oh, you went up to K2. Not, underneath. Mount Holly. Yeah. Uh, no, I just hiked there in the mornings. It's very relaxing. <laughs> I have, it's nice. There's I an old have, man with a white beard. Uh, meditated underneath the Marianas Trench. I have floated wow. uh, amongst the stars in ponderance of how do I get more orange mm. into my old fashions? Yes. How do you, orange. Anders? Yes. I want to know. So what you do is you create orange extract. You take a little bit of your whistle pig overproofed barrel pick and you put a lot of a lot of orange zest like the zest from like 10 oranges orange into zest. it and you let it marry for like a mm. month okay and then you do it again with yeah. what you have and then you get this very orangey extract yeah you really only want to be married for about a month anyway yeah exactly. right ed one month in love and one month in the process of annulment um and so (laughs) you um and so you bottle that into a little atomizer put it around the glass and add some torch and then you get this delightful orange smoke so So, don't shoot um, yourself in the eye with it uh yeah don't do it no don't do it it fucking burns i hate hate when that happens i have done that actually i I have literally done that to myself (laughs) to that point this smells like an orange peel it smells like burnt i think it smells disgusting Really? I have to tell you, 
and this is crazy. This is the worst nose I've had on the podcast. Mm. I, I'm not getting that at all. I'm getting actually pretty pleasant. What um, did you eat before you drank this? I ate. I ate. You oh. ate those cheap puffed Cheetos. No, I ate a dark chocolate <laughs> almond. Yeah. Cleanse your palate. I cleanse my palate. Like cleanse your nose. Put water up your nose. <laughs> this is good nose. Navage. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. Lavage, yeah. Good nose. Yeah. Yeah. Navage. I mean, I think this smells really pleasant. Yeah. Now, this is burnt popcorn. Which is a disgusting nose, yeah, by the I, way. I don't really know why it's called that. It's actually, not a yeah. good name for it. It's well, not a good descriptor, and it's not a good butter. thing to yeah. describe. Right. And I'm happy it doesn't smell like that. It's not. Yeah. So I was a little worried about burnt popcorn, but then when I had the list of ingredients in front of me, I'm like, well, that, those are all I, good I, things. You all yeah. like That's the nose. Light. Yeah. You all yeah. like the nose. Yeah. I'm going to try to get it for a glass. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, use that one. No, because I think this is a better nose than the other two. Maybe something was in had. the glass. You know, you ever get yeah. some funky glasses like out of the dishwasher? It's just got a weird smell. Yeah. Never. Yeah. It's because like the position. Oh, my like God. A, it was the glass. Was it? It smells really? way different now. Oh, Interesting. Okay, good. Good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's very benign. I don't know what I was. Here, take one for the team. Smell my glass. Tell me if it's. <laughs> His glass. Right? It smells bad, it's right? Bad. It's off putting. Yeah. It's a little bizarre. <laughs> Mm, it smells good. They're crazy. I'm good. <laughs> Marty's just trolling you. And Rachel's out. Rachel's and, like, and Rachel's and like, out. no, thank I'm you. That's a, that's a hard no for me. Yeah, that's a no. She, she's like Paula on American. Paula Abdul. Oh, my God. You somehow you put you into it, but no, it's a no for me. This yeah. is terrific. No, I love the this no, cocktail. Let me retract. The nose is fine. Yeah. <laughs> it smells very nice. Very citrusy. It's very nice. I mean, it tastes. It's lighter than the others. Yeah. I thought you would like it because the others oh, yeah. are so bitter, right? Oh, yeah. This is yeah. my oh, drink yeah. right here. Mm. Oh, good. As opposed to the previous cocktail, this has all sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we got the Buffalo Trace bourbon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have the aged rum, 15 mm-hmm. years. We have the Demerara syrup. <laughs> and then like bitters and orange bitters. So it's right to counter it a bit and a little bit of a bird, uh, bird zest. Yeah. This is very good. No, this is I like very good. I like about it. It's sweet in the front, and then it disappears like yeah, that. yeah. It's not cloyingly sweet. It no. doesn't stick around. No, it's perfect. Yeah, mm. the rum and the bird mm. citrus really. Oh my god! It just you know what? Once again, I think something we learned here is mm. we were making so many drinks and washing glasses. You know, maybe we washed that particular glass of mine a little quick, possibly. Maybe your fault. My fault. I've noticed <laughs> sometimes I've gotten a suspect ice cube out of the freezer. <laughs> Right, kind of has freezer smell on it. Yeah, it's got and it's fish ruined smell. my whole drink. So yeah. I, I got in the habit of rinsing it for a split second under the mm. just to clear mm. the top coating. Yeah. yeah, and get to the bottom ice. I'm giving a hint of halibut. Yeah, my mm. God. Oh my God. <laughs> this tastes like top freezer tip. burned toaster strudel. <laughs> I would like a hint of halibut in my cocktail. A hint of halibut. Yeah, way- I mean lutefisk sounds lovely this time of year. Oh my God. Especially with the artichoke lutefisk. Lutefisk. This is Anders' sweetest side is coming out of him. Yeah. I think Anders will understand this one. The way you get a, a freezer burned toaster strudel is someone gets greedy and takes two icing packs. Those so, motherfuckers. So then you leave somebody with a toaster strudel with no icing, and it'll sit there until oh. until the end of time. No one's going to eat a toaster strudel without the icing. I feel that on a deep level, and in solidarity, I would like to quote one of my favorite rap songs of all time. And okay. say, that's why technique don't fucking fall in love with people. Damn. Oh, don't take my toaster strudel packs. No, seriously, that's a violation. Yeah. Um, so, Anders, in your opinion, what rules does this cocktail um, break? This breaks the sweet rule. Oh, too much yeah. sweet. Too much sweet. Yeah. yeah. I don't like it. Mm, fascinating. I, I know I'm the odd man out. No, that's fascinating. I think it falls a little flat. Okay. Hate As a, a balanced word. cocktail, I agree. Yeah. And I think that's why this is so rogue. Uh, the act of firing up the orange peel, do you think that did anything to it? It can. I don't think this did as much. I would like to take another pass 
at a variation of this drink if everyone is comfortable with this. Oh, absolutely. Because I have notes on this drink. Okay. And I might take out an ingredient or two. All right. Not a major one. There are things I think that could make this drink better with the ingredients Oh, this is perfect because I was actually going to ask you if there was a rule-breaking cocktail that you could make with the ingredients that we have. Okay. But you're already going to do it. Yes. Perfect. So besides Anders, I think we all kind of like it. I like it a lot. But I agree that it is a little too sweet. I don't like it as much as the other ones, but I like it. It's Mm. pleasant, but it is pleasant to the point of maybe a little bland. Right. Right. I got you. Yeah, agreed. It fades away quick, you know, and and it is a little sweet, but I taste the orange a lot, which I really like. It's very orangey. Yeah. Yeah. Very orangey. All right, so we're going to take a little break while he makes one up. Yeah, we're going to have a bonus cocktail. Hey, welcome back. We're uh, we're ready for our bonus round cocktail. Bonus. And, uh, on, bonus. and Honors is going to uh, tell us what it is. Alrighty. So I took the components of the burned popcorn okay. and I went rogue. Because I feel like this is going to uh, keep me from getting into that like deep cocktail community. I'm calling this the burned bridge. The burned bridge. Nice. Uh, nice. So I took equal parts of our Buffalo Trace bourbon and our Eldorado 15 rum. Okay. Half an ounce, which is slightly over, but not too much. But you might say it's like a bend of the rules. A roguish amount. Uh, a roguish amount of Demerara syrup <laughs> okay. and a quarter ounce Rama. each of the Angostura <laughs> bitters, which is a tasteful but rule-breaking amount. Uh, so mm. a lot of bitters to contrast a lot of sugar yeah. and then two dashes each of orange bitters. In addition to that, I took orange bitters and then a high-proof whiskey, Journeyman Corsets Whips and Whiskey, and expressed that around each glass and then set that on fire. <laughs> fire! <laughs> so out of tune. Uh, <laughs> so here we have a slightly more bitter and sweet split base cocktail. Oh, awesome. With orange bitters. Breaking all the rules. Burnt around the The glass. burned bridge. Oh, oh my God, it's, I, <laughs> it smells burned. Mm. A little. It smells like curry on the nose. <gasps> Does smell like curry. Yeah. It smells like Singapore noodles to me. I don't know how Shit, he made that right. happen. That's crazy. I don't, like I don't curry. know how I did dead, that. That dead was not smells like curry. That I, is really I, I, interesting. I think it has partially to do with the burnt. Yes, the burning of the orange and yes. the wheat whiskey yeah, yeah. somehow creates curry <laughs> with all the other ingredients. Okay. I, I need to know that for future yeah. endeavors. It's crazy. Okay. Fucking cool. Oh. Holy cow. Oh, that's awesome. That's the best drink of the night. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yep. I got the sweet and we got the middle and we got the back end that stays there. And a little bit of complexity. The, yep. There's no disappearing of anything throughout the whole drink. It's mm. it's fantastic. Yeah. This is great. Yep. This is oh. the best of all of them. Who yes. wrote that pamphlet? <laughs> uh, Max Petuniak and Eric somebody. <laughs> Max Petuniak and Eric somebody. <laughs> fucking fight me. Let's go. <laughs> Bar battle. 
Local right. lounge. You name the time. I have named the place. I am throwing but, down the gauntlet. Wow. All right, so I challenge I you. And he's burning bridges as he goes, just like the cocktail. Let's go. Look for the burnt bridge to be on the uh, local menu sometime. Seriously. I think it'd make a great holiday cocktail. It's very complex with all the different spices. It kind of is. Yeah. There is some of that yeah. Christmas spice in there. Yeah, like right. clove and yeah. uh, nutmeg, yeah. especially. Yeah. from the Angostura bitters. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then That's probably true. a little bit from the split base of the rum, because there's more rum. And El Dorado is made with them our sugar as well mm. so it's layered in and then the spice from the slightly higher rye and in, in the buffalo trace is probably augmenting that a little bit you can mm. taste the origins of this drink in the previous cocktail that we made mm. but you just basically added more complexity more bitters to balance out all the extra sweetness and the orange is not as prevalent no. as it was mm. in the previous drink i smelled it again right? it smells just like curry holy crap i've yeah. never smelled a drink that smells like curry what, yeah, yeah. Well, i kind of want to make my own orange bitters with curry in it yeah there's something about that flaming that i can still it's like a tang yeah yeah because you taste with all your senses i wish we drank four of these (laughs) yeah yeah you know actually well no i still think the first first one was very good good. i'm just kidding the journey was great this one has it all this like i said complexity it's from the front to the back there's no weakness it really isn't i mean yeah the last one sort of faded on me i I hate when that happens it takes the good part of the burnt popcorn right so that's the light yes you could taste the rum but it adds a little bit more complexity so I think you definitely upped it or not the rum's a little bit more prominent in this too there's so much depth to it it's much more of a a substantial cocktail than the other one mine's evaporated I added I added a lot more (laughs) rum oh surprise down your throat the other recipe called for like (laughs) a quarter of an ounce and this is one and a half so Mm -hmm. there's definitely more rum it should be yeah then that's why I wanted to do this episode was because when you think of whiskey cocktails everybody thinks immediately and we do too and I make them all the time, Manhattans, old fashions. Right. Then you might- Whiskey sour. Whiskey sour is the Boulevardier. top three. Then, then you might <laughs> venture into a Boulevardier or something, but like those three, the sour, the old fashioned, and the Manhattan are just three yeah. ingredient drinks no. that are very easy to make for people the, at home. The, yeah. the, yep. Yep. But we wanted to stretch yeah. here. And when we have Anders on, we definitely want to stretch and, and use his knowledge. Good question is, what what do we need at home to stretch this, right? Only maybe yeah. one or two other things. Yeah, right? yeah so Anders, right? go through it again, what, what okay. you made it with. So I did equal parts, an ounce and a half of Buffalo Trace bourbon, but you can use any bourbon. I used Eldorado 15 rum. Barrel aged rum would be nice of any kind, but like it's not going to kill you. Goslings won't hurt. Pucers won't hurt. Uh, Kraken? Cross. Kraken. You could honestly use Kraken, and I wouldn't be mad. The the older and the darker, the better. Yeah. Yeah. Older and darker, the better. You want to avoid like a spiced rum. Um, I used a Demerara simple syrup. It's two to one. Use sugar in the raw if you have it around Mm. you, but any kind of turbinado sugar will work. Right. Angostura bitters. Um, Fun fact for any of these cocktails that you have to use a large amount of bitters for, take like a butter knife and use that butter knife to pry the kind of cap on top off. Yeah. um, So you can measure it. And then uh, the same with the orange bitters. Um, And then you set the glass on fire. Yeah, set the glass on fire. With orange bitters and a high proof. Orange bitters and something high proof, yeah. Gotcha. I mean, honestly, it's really not that hard to uh, achieve something like this. Up our game a little. I'm a big proponent of using what you have at home to make cocktails. I did a cocktail competition that I entered online where I had to make a cocktail using ingredients at home. And I, I made a like a sour using measuring tools that you have at home. Oh. Because not everybody's going to have a jigger at home, right? Right. But right. if you have a tablespoon that you use in general and a measuring cup, yeah. 
So two ounces in a jigger is going to be a quarter of a cup. So if you have a quarter of a measuring cup, there's your base. And then you can use mm-hmm. like two tablespoons or X amount of teaspoons in order to do that. So sure. I just wrote a recipe where it was like, all right, use your tablespoon and use your like yeah. quarter cup of this rather than using bar tools. And rather than making simple syrup, I use like jam. Oh, um, wow. So I'm a big proponent. Use what you have at home. Sure. Um, Experiment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Use the fundamentals, yeah. and that's yeah. how you go right. I had no vermouth one time, and I remember Andre saying, I use port. port. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'm yeah. proud of you, Chancellor. Yeah, one, thing, <laughs> one thing we like to do is when we see bitters out, like chocolate and the blood orange, and the, there's so yeah, many yeah. different types You just see it, and you don't use that much of it. Well, except for today. But when, <laughs> when normally, you go rogue. Right. Normally, you don't, and just go out and buy a bottle. That's a great thing to have in your cabinet. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, final thoughts. Rachel, what do you think about all these rogue cocktails? <laughs> I love deconstructing it, hearing from Anders about what some of the technical rules. I know there are things that I I think I mentioned earlier. I like to garden, so I do simple syrups with Mm. herbs from the garden. So one of my favorite things, I do basil simple syrup with basil Hayden, and my basil basil sour is one of my favorite cocktails. But I mean- I'm smelling a new episode of Garden Cocktails. (laughs) (laughs) No artichoke. No artichoke. No, no, evidently she does find room in her massive backyard to grow a line of artichokes as well. No, but- flavors that you love right sure why not experiment not, I, lo- why not? I, I love 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 that after we did it Anders you could see he was tinkering and he's yeah. like I want to take another stab at this I, I think know. I can make this you better and the he wheels absolutely did it turning. was so good oh, yeah on, uh, Marty. Okay. Thoughts on this. And this yeah. goes back to my bartending days. And, and sure. I think about these things and we're adding different, you know, liqueurs or flavored or whatever you want to call it. But I'm going to go into a story here. But I remember when I bartended, right? And people would go, do you know how to make a whatever? Sure. And I would go, what's in it? And they'd go, well, it's like cranberry, it's vodka. I'm just making stuff up here, whatever it is. And I can make them a drink just based on the ingredients because what tastes good together, right? What What combination and what amount of each thing? And I think about this stuff is like, Okay, you got a whiskey, you got a bourbon, you got maybe a vermouth or you got a bitters. You could sort of in your head think about the flavors, think Mm -hmm. about what's more robust or more potent or, you know, whatever forward and reduce that a little bit. I think you can make your own concoctions a little bit and go rogue yourself and make some uh, nice drinks. I think the only rule that you shouldn't break is the balance rule. And it should be balanced among all the flavors, but it's balanced for you. So everyone has a different balance. Yeah. Yep. Like what Anders said in the third drink that we had, the, the burned popcorn, it was too sweet for him. So he created the burned bridge, which was much more balanced. And I think for all of our palates, but like could be somebody out there who was like, no, I think the burned popcorn was yeah. balanced for me. I really like that one. Or yeah. other people were like, for the second drink that most of us found too bitter, Anders and Rachel, I like, Love okay, it. so it wasn't most of us. <laughs> most of us were kind of uh, into it. Yeah. But I think that's and then there's Ed. That's the rule, and then there's Ed, right? And then but there's Ed. Another word of advice: yeah. if you try something and it doesn't taste great, drink it anyways, and then try it again, and then try it yeah. again, exactly. Or switch glasses, right? True, yeah. evidently. Yeah, yeah. but uh, in that balance, it's also don't think about like things are not a single note, right? Ingredients can yeah. be more complex. So yeah. I heard yeah. what Anders said is uh, mm. one of the drinks that we had is if you take the lead component of each of those things, it shouldn't work. Yeah. But there was a sweetness that carried through all those. Mm. And that's what helped balance it out. Yeah, so. especially if you're using um, liqueurs that have a lot of ingredients in them. Like um, the Chinar yeah, has had, 13 ingredients. Yeah, and so they're all going to play off each other mm-hmm. and, and like fight each other in like the Teenage Riot. <laughs> and you have to know 
when to it, hold it, him. Yeah, you have <laughs> to know when to fold him. Uh, you know when, when to walk away. away. Know, know when to run. run. You don't have to count your money. money. As you're sitting, sitting at the table, you'll be time enough for counting when the deal is done. Yeah. That was good. No crickets. No crickets. Are we going to do a karaoke episode? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course they are. We're going to do a musical episode. We're going to do a Christmas We're going to do a karaoke as soon as we're done the episode right now. Nobody move. Okay. Um, oh, holy night. <laughs> Mights and nights are calling. Fall on your knees. <laughs> Fall. All right, anyway, go ahead. Um, so better to err towards less ingredients than more. Yeah. So the reason that I said the Teenage Riot was hard to make is because with every additional ingredient, you have to factor in how it interacts with all of the other ones. Yeah. That's hard to do without getting shit-faced. Uh, <laughs> but it's doable. Sure. And it's fun to play. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to mess around and, and create those things. Uh, honestly, I think you just play with your cocktails. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Play with your cocktail. So, yeah, on that note, Ed, take us out. <laughs> I think these cocktails were some of the most interesting ones we've ever had. Sure. I can't say that I love them the most that we've ever had, but each time we do an episode like this, it enhances my understanding and knowledge of the science that goes into master mixology. Absolutely. And so I thank Andres for his time, and yeah. I thank Thanks uh, so much, Andres. Marty and thank Rachel. You. Thank you. And Marty and Rachel, of for course. For coming. And, and Glad had, to have you all back. Did, uh, Marty, how did you feel about it? About the episode? Yeah. Yeah, in general. Like, are there drinks? What do you think? He I, did. I agree 100% with you. I, yeah. I, I go to my cabinet, and I always go, I'm going to make a Manhattan. I'm going to make a Boulevardier. That's mm. that's really what I have in there, and it, and I got to um, you know experiment putting rum in a drink with that. I oh, mean, sure. Geez, I got rum all the time. I mean, I love rum, and I'm, I never even think about that. Yeah, that's so. that's another sort of rule break yeah. is to add yeah. another uh, base spirit, spirit to it yes. and yeah. do split base. Split base, yeah. And we're going to probably do an episode about split base cocktails uh, in and of themselves at yeah. some point. Yeah. I'm going to start experimenting. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to make the best amaretto sour you've ever had in your life. Ooh, nice. Ooh. Challenge accepted. All right. I think that's it. I'm still pouring whiskey. <laughs> I know. He's like, pour more Buffalo Trace out. <laughs> We're technically still in the air, so I can keep drinking. He can't stop me. <laughs> it's part of my job. I don't think we can stop you in any case. <laughs> right. It's like, it's, it'd be easier to stop me sledding downhill than from drinking whiskey. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. Okay, so... For the Whiskey Changing Podcast, I'm Scott. I'm Ed. I'm Rachel. I'm Marty. I'm Anders. Have a great holiday. Enjoy your cocktails and cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.